Welcome to the Speak Her Podcast with your host, Camille Essig, the podcast where innovators and creators connect. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, what's up? It's your girl, Camille Essig, host of the Speak Her Podcast. This is the podcast where innovators and creators connect. Be sure to hit that notification button and subscribe. Also, follow me on Instagram at Camille.Essick and shop with me. I have merch available on my website at Chemistry Room Fragrances. If you subscribe, when you subscribe, use the coupon code GBM15. That way you can save 15% at the checkout. Um, And also, it's a way of saying thank you for following me. Um, I am working to build my YouTube channel, so go to YouTube and subscribe there. And when you do subscribe, say, hey, Kim, what's up? That way I can say thank you for following and subscribing to my YouTube channel. Um, A couple weeks ago, I did an interview with Sergeant Terrace Thomas. He is a police officer um, with the Jackson, Mississippi Police Department. And we had a conversation about safety, particularly for Black women. And the reason why I wanted to do this is because we hear stories all the time of Black Black women going missing. As you all know, Let's just be honest. When we go missing, they don't look for us. They don't give the same energy as they do for our non-melanated counterparts when we go missing. And so we have to do more and be more vigilant about our safety and our awareness, our situational awareness when we're out in public. Um, And to catch that conversation, the full conversation, go to my YouTube channel. That way you can catch the live replay. Um, I will release the streaming version here um, soon. So uh, when you subscribe, you'll get that notification. Uh, and one of the stories that really jumped out at me uh, was the story of Laura Smith Fields. If you're not familiar with uh, her story, we're going to chat about that now. Um, and, and while we are getting to that, be sure you are, you are sharing this conversation uh, with other people. We've also been picked up by AfriPods, y'all. I'm super excited about that. We're now streaming through an Afrotech uh, company called AfriPods. It is an African, uh, African-based um digital app where you can listen to podcasts and the speaker podcast as a now we are now a part of the AfriPod community. So in addition to iHeartRadio and Stitcher and Apple and Google and all the other streaming services, we are now connected to AfriPod. So go get that right now. So just an update, if you're not familiar with the Laura Smith Fields investigation, this is what we know so far as far as uh, recent updates. Gorgeous sister, very pretty, pretty, uh, pretty queen. Um, And uh, y'all, this story is hard because this happens all the time, more than we realize. It's just the fact we don't hear about it because they don't put our stories out there. They don't put our information out there. So this this resonated with me. And so I've kind of felt a burden. I felt the burden to um, re- reiterate and reverb what is going on with Laura Smith Fields. So everyone, a uh, weeks after an early morning, a 911 call police uh, were uh, brought to the home of Laura Smith Fields. Her untimely death, uh, 23 years old, she was in Bridgeport. Um, 
And there are still many unanswered questions. So her family has criticized um, the police and their handling of the case. And their attorney, Darnell Crossland, has notified the city um, of the family's intention to sue. Now, the mayor, Joe uh, Ginnum, I hope I'm saying his name um properly has said the city's office of internal affairs will conduct a full and fair investigation into the police handling of the case, including the family's claim that they were not immediately notified of Smithfield's death. The case is now in the hands of the Bridgeport Narcotics and Vice Squad, in addition to the department's detective bureau. Now, y'all, the police, they're saying that they asked for an uh, uh, F.E., uh, uh, Asked for federal DEA um, assistance in this case. And as the uh, investigation moves, um, this is um, what we know and what we don't know. Okay. So what we know are the fact that the police, they have a report containing uh, accounts of the events according to her uh, date from the night before uh, she was reported missing. And it's been identified in the report and confirmed by uh, the attorney, Matthew LaFountain. He is believed to be the last person to see Smithfields alive. Now, keep in mind, Matthew is a white male. So the man who said he met Smithfields on the dating app Bumble, y'all, these dating apps, you got to be more careful out here. But the man who said he met Smithfields on the dating app Bumble said the two had been drinking and watching a movie in her apartment the night of December 11th as Smithfields had fallen asleep on the couch. Now, the fountain, he is saying that he then carried her to bed and laid down next to her. Now, around 3 a.m. on December 12th, which was on a Sunday, he woke up and heard her snoring. And so he continues to say that he woke up again around 6.30 and she was lying on her side with blood around her right nostril. Now that AMR paramedic pronounced her dead at 6.49 in the morning and said she had been dead for at least an hour or more, according to the report. Now, y'all, here is the tea for the cause of death. Smithfields died of an acute intoxication due to the combined effects of fentanyl, Promethazine, hydroxine, and alcohol. Now, I hope I pronounced those correctly. Now, according to the uh, medical examiner's report, and this was released on January 24th, now, promethazine and hydroxine are antihistamines, while fentanyl is a synthetic opioid, opioid, which is up to 100 times stronger than morphine. Y'all, that's some strong stuff. Now, high-profile interest in this case. So, y'all, Smithfields was a a local Instagram personality with more than 12,000 followers, and her death has drawn attention from multiple news outlets. I think I want to say I remember uh, Miss Gail King uh, discussing her story one morning on CBS Mornings. But since that report, I haven't heard uh, too much else about it. If you have, please let me know. Drop it in the comments below with the link. That way uh, we can all get that information. 
Now, locally, officials, including Mayor Joe uh, Ginnum and State Senator Marilyn Monroe, have weighed in. Uh, Ginnum, who the family has criticized for his silence on the case, issued a statement uh, promising a full and fair investigation and offered his support of the family. Now, Monroe is an op-ed. She is criticized uh, for taking 44 days to respond to the family's complaints and more questioned whether or not the police response was influenced by race, as Smithfields was black and LaFountain is white. Now, there was a suspension of an officer. So on the 30th of January, Ginnum suspended the, the detectives involved in investigating the death of Smithfields and another woman, Brenda Lee Rawls. Now, y'all, this this is the gag. So Brenda Lee Rawls, she has a similar case. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. So in a statement, uh, according and with the video, Ginnum said he directed Deputy Chief James Baraja, who is filling in for Acting Chief Rebecca Garcia while she is away, and to place Detective Angel Yaamos and Detective Kevin Corrin on administrative leave. He said both men are the subject of a Bridgeport Police Office and Internal Affairs investigation and disciplinary action for the lack of sensitivity to the public and failure to follow police policy in the handling of these two matters. Now, guys, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we don't know. So let's start with the notification of delay. Now, it is unclear why it took more than a day for the family of Smithfields to learn that she had died. Y'all, that is so uncalled for. So according to her family, they did not find out until Monday evening, December 13th, when they went to her apartment and after she... um had not responded to a series of phone calls and text messages. Now, when the family arrived, they were greeted by a note on the door with a phone number to call. Mm. Their call went to Smithfield's landlord, who informed them she had died. So the family go to her apartment. They see a note on the door to call this number. And it was the landlord who told them that their loved one, Laura Smithfield's, had died. The family had been uh, critical on the delay and the fact that the responsibility of notifying the family fell to the landlord. Now, Smithfield's death has been ruled accidental, but the presence of drugs in her system spurred Bridgeport police to request federal help from the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, also known as the USDEA. Now, it is unclear at this point if such an investigation will will result in charges, and the police have not identified anyone as a person of interest or suspect and have not charged anyone with the connection of the case. Now, there are some potential lawsuits. Now, an attorney for the Smithfields family has notified the city of the attempt to sue over the Bridgeport Police Department's handling of the case. As of recent, um, the suit has yet to be filed. And on Friday, January 21st, attorney Darnell Crossland accused the family of potentially covering up evidence and failing to properly investigate the death of Laura Smithfields. In a notice, he cited numerous pieces of evidence he claimed were in her apartment and were not submitted to forensic for analysis. Now, we got to go on back. 
because as I mentioned, uh, the gentleman that was associated, um, that Smith Fields went on a date with through uh, Bumbler, Brenda Lee Rawls. Now, her death very closely mimics the passing of Laura Smith Fields. Same dating app, uh, similar circumstances, and it's reported that she was also uh, found dead um, not far and a uh, radius proximity of Laura Smith Fields. Now, questions remain in the death of Bridgeport's Brenda Lee Ross. <sighs> Y'all, get some water, hydrate, and we, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. So they are stating that the same man that may be um, associated with the death of Laura Smith Fields, it's also responsible, uh, potentially um, a suspect in the death of Brenda Lee Rawls as well. She was found dead in the Pearl Harbor Street apartment um, in December. And to keep in mind, we just stated the dates of the death surrounding Laura Smith Fields. And so Miss Brenda uh, Lee Rawls, her death uh, is, is noted as being in December, which was probably about a few weeks prior to Miss Laura Smith Fields. And again, uh, this man, um, La Fountain, he has yet to be charged with the death of either woman. So information surrounding that is still ongoing. And the investigation is still going on because this man has not been charged with anything. Uh, no arrests have been made. And he he's still out here living his best life. So, and, and Bridgeport, for those that do not uh, know or not aware, uh, Bridgeport is located in Connecticut. So, if you can't get enough of the Speaker Podcast... Be sure and hit that subscribe button. You'll be glad you did. What elevates the feel of any space? The fragrance. Chemistry Room Fragrances will leave your home smelling absolutely amazing. We make high quality room fragrances infused with essential oils that are responsibly sourced. Shift the energy in your space and see what people are talking about by shopping now. Subscribe and use the coupon code GBM15. That way you can save at the checkout. Chemistry Room Fragrances now on Instagram. Shop Chemistry today. Chemistry Room Fragrances. Mmm, smell so good. The family of another black woman found dead in Connecticut. They have questions um, for the police. And um, the family of this black woman found dead in Bridgeport, Connecticut, on the same day as Laura Smith Smithfields, unless the police also have not in investigated her death or taken her case seriously. And like Smithfields' family, they said police never notified them of her death. They said they learned that she had died doing their own investigation. The woman, uh, Brenda Rawls, age 53, died on December 12th. Now, the Connecticut Office 
of chief medical examiner said that the cause of death has yet to be determined. And her sister, Dorothy Rawls Washington, said she and her sisters uh, were close and they talked on the phone or, or, or via text each other every day. Now, on December 11th, Brenda Walls told her family she planned on uh, going home, going to the home of a male acquaintance who lived down the street from her. Her family said uh, they unsuccessfully tried to reach Brenda on December 12th and 13th. And then on the 14th, um, they they said something is wrong. And this was um, Dorothy Ross Washington, Brenda's sister. So she said two of her sisters, her niece and her niece's boyfriend walked down the street to to the male's house. And when they asked him whether or not she was there, he told them that he couldn't wake her up on December 12th and that she had died. So then Angela Rawls Martin, Martin, another one of the sisters, said he gave me the clothing that she had on and her shoes and didn't understand why it was left behind. Now. Bridgeport police did not immediately uh, respond to the request for comment by new sources. Nobody ever informed the family she had died. And Washington went on to state that um, they had to do their own investigation to find out where she was. Now, one of Rawls' sisters called, uh, called a funeral home to ask whether her body was there, but it wasn't. Washington said the funeral home advised the family to contact the state medical examiner's office, and that's where they found her. Mm. They never took the opportunity to look for the next of kin, uh, she said to one of the police. And the next time they saw her sister, she was in a funeral home. Now, the police provided uh, NBC News with copies of four letters they said they sent to Mayor Joseph Ganim and acting police chief uh, Rebecca Garcia. Now, they are saying that they have not received any responses and a spokeswoman for the mayor's office did not immediately respond to requests for comment about the family's allegations. So for more on this, y'all, this thing is just, it's getting deeper. It's getting deeper. So in response to criticism of the handling of Smithfield's death, Gidham said that he was planning to work with police and the police chief to make appropriate changes in Bridgeport uh, for the department's policies and practices regarding notifying family of members uh, family members of a death. Now, in her letter, Martin said that she spoke to a police sergeant multiple times and that when she was asked whether police had searched her sister's apartment or the residence where she was found, he told her it was not in the police report. Now, in her interview, she said that the same police sergeant also apologized to her and told her that the police had dropped the ball with regard to the investigation of her sister's death. Now, Washington is saying that she and her sisters went to the Bridgeport Police Department and they were given the name of the detective as a point of contact. She said she called him about four or five times, but never heard back from him. Now, she um, she also stated that um, and how she felt. She said they treated her sister, um, Brenda, like she was a Jane Doe. And they uh, found her on the side of the road with no identification and they have no respect. Now, Smith Fields was down fed in her apartment um, after a date 
um, with La Fountain, as we stated before, um, on a dating app, Bumble. The man um, who was white, um, tied to both of these cases, um, called 911 on December 12th and reported he uh, found her uh, unresponsive with a nosebleed. So it's very interesting how these cases are very, very similar. Very similar. In the same town and with this man. It's... <sighs> It's more than a coincidence, don't you think? Now, Washington and other Rawls members, um, family members, attended a rally for Smithfield in Bridgeport, which would have been her uh, birthday um, a few months ago. She was about to turn 24, so she was very young. Uh, both families are calling on the state to investigate the death of Smithfields and Rawls. It would not be fair and... Um, nor a thorough investigation if done by the city. Now, city council member Maria Pereira, I hope I'm saying her name properly, and she um, is a city council member for the district, including uh, where both women resided, said it was not until the day of the rally that she learned both women had died on the same day and that the cases were being handled by the same uh, precinct. And then she went on to add, there are an awful, a lot of similarities between the two cases, although she did not suggest that they were linked among them, um, that they were both women and black and had died unexpectedly at young ages, that they were on dates with men who reported that they had awakened in the morning to find them dead and that neither of their families were identified by the police. There's a lot of similarities. So in addition, um, Pereira said that both scenes of the death were not secured or processed for forensic evidence, and both families said Bridgeport police treated them without any compassion or humanity. She concluded by saying, so now what I see here is a pattern with the Bridgeport Police Department. So these these two stories are ongoing, and these are the two stories that I heard you, um, you all that made me want to have that conversation with Sergeant Terrace Thomas because, um, you know, when we're on these dating apps, if you use these dating apps, that's not really my thing, but I know there are a lot of people that do, and if that's what you do, that is your prerogative, that is your choice. However, if you choose to use these apps, um, the whole goal of the conversation with that episode, that conversation, is just to have a little more situational awareness, um, let people know where you're going, when you're going out, with whom you're going out with, um, sharing your location with friends and family, um, and also, when you meet people online, don't be so quick to invite them into your home or go into your home. Um, it, people are people out here are crazy. You don't know what's on the mind of people. Um, and we're not condoning the use of uh, apps for dating, but we are promoting safety. So I did want to highlight these two stories um, as these are two ongoing investigations. Um I'm just speechless that the fact that uh, these families were treated um, in this manner because it's so amazing to me when uh, people that do not look like us go missing. We see dogs, we see flyers, police, helicopters, the feds, they are combing the woods, calling names. And then yet when we go missing, you get a note on the door. If you get that, I think that is just sad and it's tragic. It's uncalled for, and there needs to be a, a, a more equality 
and, and more energy in the effort when any person goes missing. Black woman, white woman, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter. It needs to be given the same energy. But it is tragic that the fact that when black women are murdered and we go missing and when they are disappearing out here, um, you don't hear about it. And you have to kind of do your own digging to even to even hear of these stories. So we do con- continue to send condolences and prayers to the family. We are hoping they receive justice, justice and that uh, people of interest are brought in and charged with these horrendous crimes and these murders. And the fact that these two, this man, LaFountain, um, last person seen alive, no questioning, no charge, nothing. Y'all, that is crazy. It's the privilege for me. I don't understand it. I do not understand it. So uh, uh, I'm going to keep my ears to the ground. And uh, when more news about this arises, I'll be sure to keep you all updated. And yeah, this is this is wild. So be safe out here. Have some situational awareness. Catch the conversation, that interview with Sergeant Terrace Thomas. It is now on my YouTube channel. You can go and watch the interview. Um, Be sure to subscribe and drop a comment below. Let me know you subscribe so I can say thank you for subscribing with me. With that being said, I hope you got um, something from this um, interview, this conversation, not an interview, I'm talking, (laughs) this conversation of the Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast where innovators and creators connect. And until next time, be blessed, y'all. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Speak Her Podcast. Be sure to follow Camille on Instagram at Camille.essig, Facebook at the Speak Her Podcast, or www.camilleessig.com.